welcome back to the House of Words Next podcast. I am not sure why I'm speaking like this, but I would just like to let you know that we are going to jump in for another episode. Seriously, why am I speaking like this? But you are very welcome for the second recording. I did it with my sister. It was amazing. We talked about my relationship with words. Enjoy. there listeners so i'm back she's back she's here and i'm not alone i'm so excited that i am not alone uh less nerves guys but um oh just one more thing before i jump in you might hear some background noise and that is because um this guest and i uh, happen to be recording from a cafe it's one of those spontaneous but very necessary things so we're going with it we love it um we but I'll let her introduce herself again background noise but um, we'll do our best so here she is hi listeners um my name is Julian Julian Nwase and I'm so happy to be here uh on this podcast I'm so happy to be here as a sister to the host i'm so happy to be here as a friend to the host and i'm so happy to be here as a writer myself and yeah i'm excited on what we're gonna share what we're gonna talk about um basically all the knowledge and the fun that we're going to exchange today uh we're in a really cool cafe mm-hmm. and um so i just i'm just gonna jump into it one of the topics i really wanted to start with on this podcast is our relationship with words it's it's deep it's really a big thing it's um mm-hmm. yeah because when we write it's it's literally like we are bearing our souls on a page we yeah. are we are writing from a deep place we are drawing from somewhere hmm. so there is i feel that relationship that develops over time with words the way you use words the way you place words in certain places. Yeah. Yeah, a relationship does develop. When we hear the word relationship, when I used to hear the word relationship, you know, you think of it, it has to do between two human beings, whether it's a love relationship or if it's a parental relationship or whatever. But now we, we are hearing things like relationship with food, relationship with money. So I thought, why not relationship with words? It is a real thing. I... I'm discovering or have been discovering my relationship with words mm. and I'll talk about that but I just want to ask Julie first of all Julie mm. <laughs> she said she's a writer so we we have to know how did you start how did you get into this thing and what exactly do you write so um I think when it came to writing it just I can't say that there was a natural pull I don't want to be like I was just naturally drawn to it but I think that with writing, it has, it's a sister to reading. So there was this close relationship with literature and I found every literature that I would come across very admirable. Um, Certain writers, the way that they just express themselves, that appealed to me and I think that that inspired me. So for me, it came from um, reading certain things and also listening to a lot of spoken word. So I, I remember I opened YouTube one time and I discovered Rudy Francisco. Any fans out there? The original love poet. I discovered another one called Desiree. Her last name is very difficult to pronounce. And 
they were expressing themselves in terms of spoken word and I was like oh wait wait a minute like and that's when I discovered poetry and from poetry I can't tell you that I had this pen and paper moment which I think is very authentic and real how writers go and they start getting their paper and they write and they say hey does this rhyme but for me it was dot com version on a note app on a phone so when can you say that you actually put pen to paper and developed your first piece or for you was it more like spoken word where you did not have anything written and you were on stage boom presenting something that was written for you or something that inspired you um so i think after the whole phone like phone notes app and thing i can say that i actually put pen to paper uh the first time i was 15 and um we were in school and we had there's this group of poems called the poets called the lantern mint and they had they had like a competition not exactly a competition but they said okay everyone in school write poems submit it to all the english teachers and we'll pick out the best pieces and i remember it was like in prep and i got a paper and pen and there was this guy that i was feeling I know. <laughs> so I was feeling this guy, and um, I wrote my po my first poem, which was "This is love, it's not an obsession," and I wrote another one about women empowerment. So I wrote two, and it was just it was just something that I can say just came naturally. Like I was like, oh, you know. I remember my first the first lines where he wiggled his toes and clenched up his nose, and when he spoke the universe froze and i was just like a okay, kid okay okay poem right there <laughs> so i was just like a kid and i just you know i was i just hit puberty and i was in love with the idea of crushes and love so i used that inspiration and i wrote my first poem and two of them were selected to perform in actual theater so that was the first time i think i put pen to paper Writing is really like now that you even say it, it's really an expression of feelings. Because at that moment, being young and having a crush, this was the best way that you could express yeah. how you felt. And the way you said, "This is love, not, not not an obsession." Guys, if you want Julie to come on here and perform that, <laughs> to ah, perform that poem, can we have <laughs> enough? And if I get like ten people send me an email or hit me up and say julie should perform we're, we're, julie 10 is a big number and we're just we're we're beginners podcast ten. if we get like 10 people julie is going to come on here and perform 15, guys my worth is high <laughs> okay she's spoken 15 eh? Hey? i cannot change that to 15 people julie performs a poem yeah and um i just want to know that like during this whole time because now um you're in your early 20s and I can't say that for every day since then you were writing, right? Mm -hmm. So what has been your relationship with words in the terms in terms of that? Like, have you been um, the kind of writer that spends that can't go a week, let's say, uh, or a couple of days without putting pen to paper? That has a journal that's always expressing their feelings through words like you did when you were younger. How yeah. is it for you now? Um. So I think. In that case, like obviously after that time, you know, I wrote a little bit, I stopped, I wrote, academics got in the way, I had to do my degree, like 
I think that, but I think that as much as maybe I was not actively putting pen to paper and writing all this love poetry, words are all around us. Expression is all around us. Um, that I think is how it perfectly described my relationship in words. Even when I'm sending a text, and yeah. there's just something about it. I have a friend, and um, she's out of the country, and because my communication skills are not the greatest, we write each other letters, but letters in form of text. So I find myself like opening my note up and just pouring out my heart and expressing myself. And those are still words. There's still different things strings together i've always always loved just words as they are even when i was like 10 man and we had was it 10 text message era was like 16 still 16 17 and someone would send like the words with the like shorthand and i'd be like why don't you complete this the word (laughs) i didn't I didn't like that. Yeah. I'd be like, why don't you complete the word? Why, why, why have you said? Why is it shut up? Why is it shut up? It was such a big cringe because I like them in their full right form. Now, do you feel like we have confirmed? I think we have confirmed a little okay, bit. I, like I, I throw in some shorthand here and there. I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen it, and it's like okay. It's not a bad thing. Like, yes, yes obviously, yeah. short hand is necessary. Everyone can rush. But I think, like, especially when in those days when a guy is vibing you and he's like, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Julia, what the sauce? <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. And he goes oh, yeah. like, he goes like, over how how are how are you? Over how's your day? And you know when you it's it's a it's W R. How are you? That's how are you in general. Yeah. And like, I'm just thinking, oh, oh boy how are you what is so for me it has always been a thing with words in general i've always been fascinated by the use of different words i've always liked when people throw in different words in um, sentences and i don't know what they are yeah and like you know i'm like oh okay that's interesting what does that mean so for words it's just been all around me even if i may not be as actively writing it's in everything the way that i text the way that I speak, the way that I write different things, the way I write emails. Sometimes I have to remember this yeah. is not a poem in an email. I, but yeah, I just, yeah, that's for me. What about you? What, what, what is your relationship with words? So I'm realizing the older I get that I express myself better when I write than when I actually speak. Mm. Like sometimes I can have a conversation with somebody and then if I write it down, all the things that I would have hoped to say or want to say better come mm. out when I sit down and I put pen to paper. Yeah. I don't know if it's a curse or it's a good thing or it's a bad thing, but it's just the way it is for me. Yeah. So I did actually write a piece about my relationship with words and I talked about how sometimes I feel like the thing has left like I can't I, I'm not a writer anymore like am I was I even a writer to begin with because I feel like I don't know if it's even writer's block but it's a thing of I want to write something and it's just not there or everything that I'm writing suddenly doesn't make sense as it was before it's just not pretty it's just not giving me um I just don't feel it yeah I feel like it's empty and I'm like yeah they have left I'm not a writer anymore and I know you're totally abandoned the whole thing but then like I, I like I wrote down I'm in a cafe like this one and I just I see someone I see something and the words start rushing back mm. it's like I carry them with me they they can't leave it's like mm. they are part of me they're attached 
to me they're attached to like if 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 you could see a picture of my heart it's like they're just plastered on top they're everywhere they're in they're breathing they are living it's just something that um i've of course tried to run away from i've abandoned i've started blogs and left blogs i've begun things to do with writing and like abandon i hope this one <laughs> but it won't i want to abandon it it's, it's, it's for a good cause oh, guys are you hearing her say she's going to abandon, abandon you <laughs> no but uh, like this uh, is the same girl that says she loves you like a couple of minutes ago in the are you seeing how love is a trap love Ooh. is a trap beware yeah so it's like hey wow <laughs> But you see, it's like they don't leave. Yeah. They can't leave there. It's, it, it's, it's just a part of who you are. Yes. It's just a part of your being. And so for me, it's been a relationship of, I can say towards what pursuit. Because it's like Ooh. I leave. Yeah, it's like I, I say I'm done with this thing. And they follow me to places. Literally, I'll have a conversation with someone. And I just see them falling from the sky. If I should be so poetic. Oh, I walk into a place and they stream in and they, you know, take me to my seat. I, I don't know. It's just like, it's almost like they are, to me, they aren't just how someone would open a page and look at words stuck to paper. Yeah. It's like they're actually alive. They mean something. They're they breathing. Mean. They are. Yes. Yeah. You know, just, sorry, just as you were speaking, you reminded me of something because um, I had... Uh, so there's this book called Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Guys, if you are, if you love anything close to writing or you're an artist, yeah, I will never stop recommending this book. I think Nikki has yeah. re- um, read a bit of, about it. But so this artist comes and um, so sorry, this writer Elizabeth Gilbert, and she's talking about how there's this misconception that as writers, you're always sitting in front of a typewriter. Or you're always like you have a pen and a paper and you're always sitting down like uh uh-huh, today I'm going to write this poem. Uh-huh, today I have to write this story. Yeah. Uh-huh, I have ten books left to publish. And yeah. she was like because the truth is life comes at you quickly, yeah. like Nikki Bakes, you know, I'm discovering myself. <laughs> like everyone has That's little so things and she was yeah. like so what she did she took writing out of the little box that it was confined to be sitting in a room with a pen and paper and she was like she waitressed but when she was 21 and 22 she was a waitress at a bar Mm. i think for a couple years and she's like when she had her notebook to like take orders she would write stories because the guys would be drunk and they'd be sitting there and they'd be talking about like oh this and she would make stories out of them not to like go and publish like a gossip site but she took in the experience and then she babysat for some time she took in the experience she was a secretary and she was like everywhere that i went as a writer i always had my notepad because you can draw inspiration from almost anywhere you just you know so that really spoke to me when you were like i asked myself am i a writer and i just want to encourage people out there like it's not necessarily pen and paper and sit down and let it come it could be at your workplace Mm. at your lunch break when someone says something and you and i think that viewing life from the eyes of a writer 
everything is interesting because yeah. you look at things differently you understand body language differently you're the the description that it's just yeah so i just wanted to slot that in that's guys please big magic please read it yeah that's really it's, it's a good one like i started it um because i've been doing different things i had to put it down sadly but i i after after this conversation i think i need to pick it up again and uh, that just made me think i think there's a pressure when usually when you're writing maybe i think you're writing um you're writing a book for someone or now you have to write to earn money but the way that julie has just explained it's like elizabeth gilbert was writing even just it was more than just oh i'm writing this so that it's published it was more than just it's like taking notes of her day but in a way that was artistic and appealing to her as a writer mm. so it's more than just like because usually when i'm writing down it's like i'm, I'm trying to attach purpose to what i'm writing mm. like i'm writing this to maybe win a prize Mm. or to get published or because the teacher has told me to or because i have to submit something mm. what about us being the people who just write even if the, even though those pe- pieces never really see the light of day yeah but you've written them and you've expressed how you feel in the best way that comes to you yeah so that's really 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 powerful um um i just just to add to that um something about there's an underlying tone of pressure you know yeah. like publishing and all of that and this same book um she was talking about how is it the author of, do you know the author of how to kill a mockingbird oh the name the name I, the, the name. name i was trying to google it just now but anyway the author she wrote such an amazing yeah an amazing book right yeah and um you know that some there's this fear after you've come from so high i think artists call it that one hit wonder fear mm. after you've had one hit record like guys who remembers gang gangnam style the guy who wrote <laughs> gangnam style and, and people always, saying, always refer to people, him and people always refer to him and i'm sorry mr gangnam style guy if you listen to this make but, another song oh no no that didn't make and another no. song but, <laughs> but like people always say that like you know there's that fear that we have as creatives and i um have you found the name i'm looking for it so she wrote this amazing book it was a hit it was in all the schools i think every literature literature class did it for some time is it a he or she i don't want to plagiarize it mm, it's happily to kill a mocking yes, yes. happily so yeah. happily she wrote the amazing book and everything but the pressure was so intense to create a second one because mm. you've done one bestseller you want to come into a situation where you can do another bestseller mm. and she didn't write for so long yeah. and elizabeth was expressing herself in this book in um um thing big magic and she was like i just wish i could tell creatives you do not owe your art to anyone okay you owe your, your, your art is completely yours you could decide to be writing for a blog one time or you could write for your business and you could decide to write a cookbook another time because it makes sense to you and sometimes the fear of pressure as creatives makes us think that it has to be good it has to be perfect sis if you're out there sis bro child like publish that thing in your notes that you've been second guessing because your art is your art it doesn't have to appeal to anyone apart from you it just has yeah. to make sense to you it has to mean something that you love and you absolutely like adore so 
yes i just i love that and i just want to that was such a takeaway point and that had, this book has really been helping me on my journey because um sometimes i write pieces and i get this imposter syndrome i'm like i want to share this i think this would be helpful i think someone even one person could relate to this and i'm like but is it relatable and i overthink that thing of the relatability and it just it it kills it rufi Carr says that your art does not have to be relatable or uh believable your art is your art something but yeah it's been amazing my relationship with words house of words meets once again after 300,000 years but um, finally um, <laughs> but why why are you nervous I don't know why I'm nervous but you know <laughs> so I'm so glad she's here we're just going to start off um, with a few fun questions for her are you ready? Yes, I am. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's go, let's go. So, which book have you ever read that you wish you had written? Ah, which book have I ever read that I wished I had written? If not the Bible. Would be Annie of Green Gables. <laughs> I forget the writer of Annie of Green Gables, but I felt like I could relate with Annie so much. Especially, there's a line that always gets me. I'm in the depths of despair. I'm thinking, <laughs> you're just 10 years old. But yeah, so I feel like that was a book I wish I could have had my own input. Mm. It was such a real story. Real story, Dad. Do I remember all of it? No. It was a long yeah. time ago when I read it, but it stuck with me. Mm. Yeah. I think there's actually a series right now. I think mm. I tried to follow it on Netflix. And um, oh. I realized okay. on episode one, I realized I need to first read the book. Yeah, yeah. one of those, I'm like, no, it's I a really nice it. story. Get your tissues, you'll cry. Yeah. But I loved it. It was because I saw in the beginning there, um, she's undergoing so there's some kind of torture there. Yeah, so she's she's an orphan girl, Ooh. I think. Yeah. And she goes to a that foster home, and then she's <sighs> beautiful tragedy. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. that's nice. That's yeah. interesting. So, okay, um, what is one of the best comments or feedback someone has ever said about your writing? About my writing? Yeah. Uh, someone has ever told me it almost feels like as if they're talking to me when they read my writing. Yeah. So I think that's a very relatable place to be. I feel like if I can communicate the way I talk, if you've had a conversation with me, and that's the way you feel when you are reading my writing, then I think I have achieved my goal. I'm not plastic. 
Yeah. 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 Okay, I love that. So if you have to write about one specific food for the rest of your life, which would it be? Why does it have to be the rest of my life? Okay. Um, <laughs> but I think I'd choose chicken. And God made chicken. He was thinking about me. About you. Yeah. So you're a meat person. Uh, chicken. Chicken person. Chicken. I'm sorry. Yeah, chicken. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I think I'd write about chicken. Um, yeah. Really don't touch my chicken anywhere we go. Just don't touch yeah, it. Just, yeah, mm-hmm. I probably. May not kill you, but. Yeah, yeah, just don't touch my chicken. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> can you finish the. Do you think you can finish the bucket? Uh, KFC. I'm not a big go? fan of KFC okay. sometimes, which is so weird. Probably so you think it's chili chicken. Podcast. <laughs> it's okay, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> no, but I know because it has a taste whereby, like, after some time. That is why I opt for the chili. That's why I opt for the chili. If it's chili, yeah, I've never really tried out the bucket, but if I try it out, yeah. I'd probably get it going for. I don't know if I'd win it. No. Okay, that would be a lot of chicken. Would it though? I'm not sure. You want to buy me a bucket? Let's try. Let's try. Let's try. Um, yeah. Um, wow, so, okay, um, that was really just a few questions to get us started, so, Lona, you guys, so Lona challenges me in a way that, Do I? Uh, very oh, much dear. so, because I'm the first one <laughs> you who, challenge me, hmm, let me tell you, I'm the person who couldn't even in public declare that they are a writer, I would meet aunties, I would be in public spaces, they give me the mic, <laughs> And I'm there like, uh, what do you do? I like, think at uh, a place. <laughs> I work at home and I'm putting things together. And I was like, what do you even mean? <laughs> so just, um, was it last month? I attended mm-hmm. a workshop and that was the first time mm-hmm. I actually said, without adding too many words, where I do this, I write, communicate. I just said I'm a writer. Ooh. Stop. How did that and feel? Amazing. Because it feels like I was owning it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I never saw, and, and I think it also came from a place of, when you're growing up, eh? mm. How do you start? Not a real professional. Not, not a real Not thing. a lawyer, engineer, doctor. Let's go chef. You're doing It just didn't fall. I actually always thought about writing as a thing where I'll do it as maybe a hobby. And yet, weirdly. Yeah, and in, in, in another life, uh-huh. actually, in, in many worlds, people yeah. see it as a hobby. Okay, it's a hobby, that's true. Hmm. Sad that some people demean it to be that and make you feel like. Yeah. It's all that there is to it. Mm. Yeah, so I think I get where you're coming from. Yeah, I do. Like I would probably be maybe a lawyer, but once in a while, you yeah. would. I, I write uh, and just uh, I would not be a lawyer. <laughs> maybe a what, chef. Yeah, maybe a chef. That sometimes. But I don't know how good my cooking is. Is. <laughs> Even my own palate. No. It's like. <laughs> It's okay. I think God chooses a few things for some people and not everything. So it's okay. I will be happy with what he gave me. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, so that's where I saw it for me. And um, hearing that you actually decided Mm. to take it on as a career move Mm -hmm. and announce that, well, guys, this is what I'm going to do and this is the path I've chosen. I was like, wow. Funny that you should actually say that. If I'm being honest, choosing, not really. It's just you. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of us, okay, yeah. this is where we are at. Yeah. And we have nothing else going for us right now. Mm-hmm. But then again, 
feel like that's where the beauty lies in it. That's where God. <laughs> that is where yeah. you're humbled to know that maybe something that you do is not just a. By the way, it's not just something that came up because. So, how I. I don't think I like you're praising me too much. I feel like <laughs> I feel like you. <laughs> I feel like I'm the one who should be saying you're more bold than me because it's been quite a, and still is, to this day people ask you, you're a writer, what does that mean? And I'm thinking, stars going around my head. New vision? Uh, New vision? Has it come up? Yes. It has come up for me. Daily monitor? Observer? Observer? No. Where? So then it's like... For a magazine? Uh, So now they're confused. Journalist? No. So what is it that you do? And you're thinking, I do my best, friends. I do my best. I do my best. Yes, yes. But yeah, it's yeah. it's it's a. You ride the boat as you sit in it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, so I want to start on a lighter note. Um, in regards to that part of like the journey, um, I want us to talk about at least the beauty or the things that you you felt are. The happy moments, mm, really, that mm. you've encountered with taking this on as a career, full time, am I right? Like, mm-hmm. this is mm. what you do. Mm-hmm. What you do, like, <laughs> that's what I do. It's what I do. It's what I do. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the happy things about taking this on. Number one, yeah. it's the most real place that I can be me. Mm. It's the most unforced, natural place that I can be myself. Yeah. It's something I can do when i wake up when i go to bed it can keep me up late at night yeah. i can wake up really early i'm not a morning person i do my best to wake up <laughs> early and i'm never late thank god i try so 5am club it's not in your ah that book i need to write a midnight club book because it seems Ooh, like 5am club that. is not really working for me <laughs> but disclaimer to the writers of 5am club it's an amazing book and i hope that one day i can maybe Join. emulate one thing yeah. that they do yeah but I feel like it's the most real place that I can be. It also feels very natural for me. Yeah. It feels like one of those things I can do without even, I don't know. Yeah, without trying too hard. Yeah, without trying too hard. Mm. It feels like the thing I can do. You know how you feel like there's that thing that you can do without trying so hard to do? Mm. It's like brushing your teeth or combing your mm. hair. It's like wearing jeans that are not tight. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's like it's like wearing a pair of jeans that fit yeah. you well, and not yeah. like trying to force it all the way up mm. and jumping around the room for ten minutes. A free workout, but because you had you to wear clothes that they call you uniform, and people just think she's always in that dress. It's just it just exactly. It give so it's like it's like, it's like uniform. It's like uniform. It's like the, the most yeah. free and safe place that you can be. So, I think that's one of the benefits. And then the other thing is, I feel like. It's the one thing I can proudly say and do and hope to be remembered for. Yeah. So That's if nice. there was one thing I was remembered for, I feel like I would wish that would be the top thing. Yeah. Uh, because it's the thing that really makes me happy. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And can we just like talk about um, being paid? Oh. <laughs> for doing being paid for doing something that you love. That's like being given candy. For existing, for existing, yeah, like you're breathing here, have chocolate, yeah, huh? yeah, 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 yeah. It's like know. exactly, it's, yeah. it, it doesn't make sense. It's like being given marks for an exam, you got a hundred in. It's not like you can even get a hundred in the exam, but like 
it's okay here you go and yeah it feels so good it feels so good it feels amazing it feels so good especially if you're coming from a place where you where you didn't know that this is actually something that you could be paid for exactly yeah because i remember my first um one of my first like gigs writing and receiving money it felt like should I even be touching this money? It felt yeah, like, yeah, it felt yeah. Like, it felt illegal. Uh-huh. Uh, is this uh, my money? Because, why am I doing this? Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's beautiful. It's actually yours. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you about the flow and uh, how it's natural. I hear you about, but even being acknowledged, I guess, mm. for doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, it's different when you what move to the house and you're like yeah, you it's an obligation really. Yeah. And you stay here. You don't pay rent. No. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> But like when you've written and the person you've written for is like this is beautiful work mm. is this something different about yes, that it is yeah so also i want to find out like have you discovered something that you didn't expect that you'd find on the other ah, yeah. number one i've discovered that i don't know it all wow that was both okay. very challenging but also very beautiful yeah also i've discovered that there's a lot of order and <laughs> organization required yeah and also that your way might really not be the highway i'll so use you know how yeah. especially if this is something that you do naturally it's like playing a sport naturally if you're naturally good at running and then they yeah. tell you that before you run you need to warm up mm. for 10 minutes or you need to buy a particular type of shoes yeah or there are certain like the word goes around these days sops <laughs> yeah <laughs> for a certain thing so i feel like number one i learned that I may not have all the discipline I need and mm. I need to learn some of those things. I've also learned that everything works with a system. I've yeah. also learned that there are certain things that I do that can, you know, I can I can lead to my own downfall or I can bring myself mm. up if I like. Yeah. yeah, so I think those are the things that it has really kept me on my feet for and I'm grateful that I get to learn that mm. sooner and not later. Some lessons have been quite painful and I have <laughs> sat down and rocked myself in the corner and tried to yeah. calm myself down. But it's something I needed to learn. Mm. Learning that also you're not the best at everything is also very humbling. It's very humbling. It's very humbling because I think I came from a place where I knew that I knew everything to do with this. You know how you look at a job, for example, advertising and they're saying, looking for a beginner writer. No, 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 no. I'm an expert. Expert. I'm expert, an expert level. I'm a senior level. But it's humbling to know that you don't have it all together and that you you could need some training. You could need some training and that's okay. And you look I I had someone once say that the problem is um, for writers, for I guess any artist or any professional, the problem is like the first people who are reading our content, mm. the first people interacting with our things are like friends and family. Mm-hmm. People who don't maybe mm. even know their best days, they yeah. won't know if you missed a, a full stop or yeah. a comma. So when you send them your work, they're praising the gonna say excellent. Like, wow, beautiful. beautiful. It's the they hang up and like they a, read on Christmas Day. Well, they have dinner mm-hmm. and they're they probably too full, so like, you just like it's amazing. You? You're, you're born for this, you're, but born for this doesn't know how to punctuate correctly. So, <laughs> hey, no, yeah, so even in your head, you're like you're walking into this thing thinking you're the one, yeah, you're yeah. made. Uh, I get that, I get that. Mm-hmm. Humbling, eh? <laughs> when someone gets your work and it's like this is terrible, yeah, and yeah, yeah, terrible can be your stepping stone, stepping stone, mm-hmm. but can yeah. also be a downfall, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> So okay, let's go to the part. Um, mm. Let's go to the part uh, about 
what you actually found that you hate the most or the thing that was ah, hardest. Yeah. That's the part. Yeah, that's, that's the where part. the money is. That's where the money is. Like the money. No, finally, mm. like um, you've made the choice. Mm. I'm going to be a writer. It's going to be beautiful. Uh-huh. Things are going to flow. I'm getting paid yeah. for things that I love. And then this other side that's not uh, yeah. not giving. If you're a literature, if you're a literature student, which is funny that I did not do literature in school, which I'm a writer. Yeah. <laughs> I did English, mm. but you know the book things fall apart. Yep. It's it's bound to happen. Things fall this, apart. It's yeah. bound to happen in this profession. It's bound to happen really for a path that you choose that's less traveled. Mm. Yeah. So things fall apart in terms of a beaten path. Yes. Two, yes, yeah. please. Yes, please. Um, sometimes. You will be first of all you're going to be undermined very badly very badly very badly you're going to be taken for granted in ways you can't even imagine so you're going to develop a thick skin that you didn't even know you could get but also sometimes the thick skin might become so loose that you need to <laughs> allow yourself to crush a little bit and that's why it's important for especially having people around you who yeah. you can be safe with and go through certain things with because some yeah. seasons are not going to be easy. Uh, the, the biggest challenge I've experienced is people undermining and undervaluing your work. Uh, you write something, you tell them, um, I will charge you this for this article and they ask you, yeah. but I can do it myself. Why, why are you charging that high? But just for this, just a mere post, just why are you charging post. me this much money? Yeah. And I'm thinking, Sorry, why are you asking me to do it if you can't do if it you yourself? Can do it. So yeah. there are certain things like that, and unfortunately, if we live in a community where this is a less, it's a less appreciated, you know, yeah, though one that people actually need position. Yeah. So it's not going to be something everyone understands. You're going to explain yourself mm. in places that are going to be understood. You're probably not going to be paid. Oh, mm. people will run away with your money. Yeah, run away with your money. Lack yeah. of. Some people don't have systems. Ask me. Yeah. yeah. don't have yeah. systems, so they will, they will really use, do their best to exploit you. Mm. And it's sad. I feel like the saddest thing is there's no safe space or like laws that can protect <laughs> people like us. There are yeah. laws that protect so many things. But yeah. number one, but those are things that you have to learn. Huh? Some yeah. are things that you have to learn. Working with contracts, working with agreements. Yo. Do you have some some of those things in place? Some of you run away with your money. Yeah, those are things that you're going to expect along the way. But also yeah. another thing that will <laughs> hurt you the most is the fact that it's not going to come as quickly as you want it to get and grow as fast as you want it to get. Yeah. If that makes sense. There'll be seasons when it will be a bit slow. Yeah. There'll be seasons to be faster. Mm. Creating a lot of discipline. It won't come. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you, I remember writing something about um, transitioning for, from just being a writer that was doing it for fun mm-hmm. back in the day in school when I've just discovered, hey, I can write, yeah? Mm-hmm. And then it now being a, a thing where I realize that I'm expressing myself and uh, it's now getting deep. It's no longer like I'm writing about princesses yeah. and castles. Now it's like depressed. I'm, I'm writing about all these things eh? and I'm seeing um, it's like a mirror, mm-hmm. right? And I'm like, how am I exposing myself though? 
deep. It's too deep, yeah. Mm. And then now it being a place where it's a profession, yes. And there are deadlines, and yes. suddenly writing is work. Writing yes. is is making me um, wake up in the middle of the night. Uh-huh. And I'm like, let's let's talk about that part where they don't tell you that. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah, getting into professional writing mm. might frustrate your personal writing. Yeah, I don't know. This is something that's bound to happen. Even just, especially when you when you put money on something, when you commercialize something that you used yeah. to do for fun. Because like if you used to travel for fun and now suddenly you're a travel content creator, side chances are because you have put a cost to it and because yeah. there is something additional that you want to get from it mm. it might frustrate the natural because yes. sometimes something has to give something will suffer yeah. because Expression. you cannot be you cannot be a writer for a, you know a magazine that talks about i don't know tech mm. and you're bringing in your own jargon yeah. From when you are happy at home or watching a TV show, yeah, or something, yeah. Mm-hmm. So certain things you have to suffer. So it's yeah. another thing that we don't talk about that normally happens or you will encounter. So yeah. it's it's a sticky balance between yeah. yours and theirs mm. because you can easily make people's dreams thrive and yours will waste away. Yeah, and you die with them. <laughs> yeah. Because even me personally, my experience, I I remember writing professionally for a certain um should I call them a company. And um it was really um how how can I say not even academic, but I can, let me just call it that. So it's like writing about climate, really it's factual, you've done your research. Yeah, but I remember my first was it was the first one of the first gigs. So as adding in, um, for lack of a better word, pops of color, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. things that really didn't need to yeah. be there. Because yeah, yeah. I mean, that was what I was used to. Uh-huh. I long sentences. You wise. You don't need to be too much. Yeah. Like, why just, are you going around the bush? We just need a. As creating shrub, stories you know? in a paragraph where they just wanted to know yes. that this is the effect yes. of climate change. Yes. So I remember they sent me back. I'd written quite a lot. They sent me back everything. They were like, "Oh, this is crap." Yes. What it was not done? relevant. It was, was not it? relevant. They're like, "What's this?" Take your niche out of their work. Do their niche. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So for me, having to cut it, like do the actual cutting and yeah. saying, "Okay, this is not what they want. Mm-hmm. They want this," yeah. and it, it felt like follow instructions. Yeah, follow instructions. Yeah. Eh? It felt like that box. Eh? Mm. Yeah. That I, yeah, I had to enter a bit so that you know at the end of the day it's what they want and exactly. you have to be professional. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that's also when something shocks you. You're like, wow. It does. It's cultural shock, for lack of a better word. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's crazy. Um. So yeah, that wraps up this part of the segment. Learn everybody. Um. Yeah. You panic so much. Why? No, just no. These things don't make so much work. So now we've reached the segment where I get to ask you a question. Um, yeah, I don't have people writing to me yet, but assuming even if they do, even if they do, (laughs) assuming I think this is a question that I would want to ask you. I'd want to ask you for any tips uh, for someone who wants to venture and. Going to that journey of writing professionally, what would you tell them exactly? There are no tips. 
no tips. There's no formula? Yep. Get into it. Yeah. See what happens. Yeah. Your journey might be easy. I pray it's not harder. But in case it is, you get out. Yeah. You will survive. Yeah. I think the biggest thing here is over knowing the what, know your why. Yeah. It's what sets you apart from someone who gets into it and just goes with a formula per se. You can't wake up and say do this and do this and do this and do this. It won't work. Yeah. It's like gyms, you know, people were getting to the new year, new me season where everyone is gonna join a gym because what? It's fun or we are all suddenly suddenly yeah. at the office we want to be, I don't know. <laughs> fit in a certain cloth yeah. or stuff like that but then the difference between during Christmas uh-huh. but the difference is the person who knows their why over the person who goes for the what yeah if you know your why it's bound to help you stick longer than if you just go with a formula because the formula you can lose the book mm-hmm. formulas change mm-hmm. formulas sometimes don't work many times many times very many times if not all the time yeah, yeah. so just know your why. And I guess if you even frustrate you, if you go into the thing knowing that it's supposed to happen like A, B, C, D, mm-hmm. and then suddenly you see so much, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, confusion, and Whoa. you're like, yes. Yeah. So um, this is not working. This is supposed to work. Uh-huh. So it's going to frustrate you. Yeah. It's going to make you think like you're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's just that what you went in thinking would happen in a certain way it's just not happening as you thought but that doesn't mean that's it yeah yeah and i think that's also it also is the anchor that you you will really hold on to when the waves get high to be that one thing that will take you back the centering thing yeah. You remember, okay, I am not paid, but this is something I'm good at because chances are it's very easy to know, to think and <laughs> especially when you've made something monetary, why wouldn't someone pay for a service that they liked? Is it because the service is bad? No. No, that's not always the reason why. Think about, yes, it may be bad, maybe there's need for you to improve and we've talked yeah. about all these things and stuff like that, but then there's some people who are just unfair, they're unfair clients, they're mean people, they're people mm-hmm. who just won't do it because, you know, they can, because they have the power over you, but that doesn't mean you're bad, yeah? So it will help you to be able to, you know, think through all the possible things that happen yeah. and also be very true to yourself at the end of the day. Yeah? Wow. Also, yeah. thick skin. Thick skin, but how do you develop thick skin? It just doesn't come like that. It has to be developed, like you said. You develop it. Yeah. 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 Um. So, guys, that's all we had today. Uh, Lona, I really appreciate you coming on it's the show. It's been a breeze. It's been a breeze. Just talking about what we love doing, writing. Yeah. Yes. yes. So and guys, pair writers. Pair writers. Pair the creatives in your life. Stop acting like what they give you is not a service you need. Stop yeah. trying to act like you don't need the service. Please. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. But also, where can we find you? What project are you doing? How can people get involved? Um, people can get in touch. I don't know if you will link. Uh, I can leave my email yeah. address where yeah, you can get in touch with me and I'll also put my social media handles. Yeah. Yeah. So click the link below. Click the links below. Wow, <laughs> I get to say that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's been amazing having you. It's and been I look amazing. forward to thank you so much for having me. Yeah. You say I think it's Miss 
she's just giving me misinformation. She inspires me. She's this girl is gold. She's she's gold. She's gold. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. She, she really is gold. Yeah. It's crazy how you can think someone is like, you look at someone and you're like, wow, 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 and they're also looking at you in the same thing. Uh-huh. Like, nah. Yeah, me, I know I'm not lying. I don't know about her. But yeah. I'm just like, I tell everyone, I'm like, do you know about her? Have you seen Nicole? No. <laughs> I guess it's a two way thing. Um, yeah, so see you guys in the next episode. Write to, uh, write to me, let me know what, is, what you thought about what we discussed, and. Are you going to take uh, writing on as a professional venture and how is it going for you? Just let me know all the things. Yeah. That's it. Hey everybody, we're back with another episode House of Wordsmiths. You are welcome here again. And again. Yeah, so anyway, um, I have someone very cool on the podcast today. He's written a book. Uh, guys, every time I find someone who's done been able to do this, I just esteem them very highly just because I, um, I think I've been, quote-unquote, writing a book for the past 700, 500, 7,065 years. And it's it's yet to come out. We've been pushing the start date. But nonetheless, we remain um faithful to the process. <laughs> I'm on a journey. Yeah, but anyway, so we have someone here and I'm going to let him introduce himself. And we'll pick it up from there. Okay. Uh, good morning to all of our listeners. Welcome to House of Wordsmiths podcast. My name is Julianne and if you don't know, I've been on this podcast before. I sometimes co-host with my sister who is the owner of this, uh, Nicole. So uh, today we have Solomon who is going to introduce ourselves because I don't like introducing people with like their first and last name if they don't like that. So he's going to briefly introduce himself and uh, yeah, then we can get into it. So, go ahead. Um, hi everyone, my name is Solomon Ignatius Nyombi. I, uh, <coughs> I am a lawyer. I just finished my master's at the University of Dundee and I'm also a writer. Yes, and it's, it's a pleasure to be here. Okay, well I will let Nicole later on um, when she comes in for the next part of the segment tell you a little bit more about House of Wordsmith. But for this part of the segment, we like to let our listeners like loosen up and like get to know about you a bit. Mm. So I have three, you know, fun questions. You can be, you can expand as much as you can. You don't have to keep the answers brief. <laughs> so we can just get to know you a bit more. Mm. Um, so I'll kick off with what is something about you that not many people know? Ooh, something about me that not many people know. Yes. Well, um, I always wanted, my first dream was to be a footballer. That was my dream until I did no. about S1. I was so sure I was going to be a footballer. I was, that was my dream, and I guess it was um, propelled by my parents because they used to gas me up and tell me you're the best footballer, you can do this, <laughs> and then they'd buy me all these football boots and all those things, and so... I had that dream until about S1, then I reached, uh, then when I joined secondary school, I realized that there were guys who were miles ahead of me, 
and yet they were never going to be professional footballers. So, oh, yeah. So That's, football. Yeah, that was his thing. Okay, I have a question that may break. It's a it's a follow up question that may break a lot of listeners' hearts. Mm. Ronaldo or Messi? Ha! <laughs> <laughs> Definitely for me, it's Ronaldo. Eh? Yes. Just put a bonga here. <laughs> yes. So you are at Manchester United yes. or what team is he with? Let me not lie, me and football we're not but <laughs> right now he's with Al Al Nasser. But I love Ronaldo because I watched his first game yeah. for Manchester United. I watched his last game the first time he left mm. Manchester United. And I watched his last game the second time he left Manchester United. So for me it's like imagine having a child and then you see your child go through all these phases and things like that. So it's that love for Ronaldo. So even though Messi has done all these incredible things, for yeah. me, Ronaldo is, is. I love Ronaldo. So for me, he's the best. So if after this podcast anyone wants to be your friend, they know that they have to first go and watch all of those games revive and yeah. then come and have something in common. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Um, when was the last time you got a compliment and share? Now, before you answer this question, you guys, eh? Solomon is, he looks good. <laughs> he looks good. So, I am not going to be shocked if you are on the street. And you know how those border guys can say, ah, you look nice, baby. Mm-hmm. Even for these guys, hey, what do they say? Mukama wange. Maybe not, maybe not going to Luganda. So, yes, when was the last time you got a compliment and what was it? Well, the last time I got a compliment, think was um, a few maybe two or three days i think it was monday monday yes so a friend of mine asked me told me oh you look good you have you been working out and things like that mm. I, I thanked her in that way ah! yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that um I actually, prior to this, I spent some time with my brother Paul in Dandy, and that's where you did your master's in law. Yes. And this guy, if you're listening, is very serious in the gym. <laughs> very serious guy in the gym. I went with them, actually, and um, we went at the same time, and ideally, because I was staying at Paul's house, we're going to all go back home together. Mm. So me, I finished quickly. I'm thinking, oh, I've done an hour. These guys are still going hard. <laughs> so rightfully, so that um, that compliment was very deserving. Um, okay, the last one, mm. uh, and I may throw in a bo- bonus, I don't know. If you had no limitations as to what you wanted to do in life, what would it be? If I had no limitations as to what I wanted to do. Like, I mean, no parent influence of I want to buy you football boots or no, let's say, you you know, law is something that you wanted to do or didn't want to do or let's say writing because i know that you all of these things in one i still feel i still have hope for football by the way <laughs> i don't think that cause is lost yeah. but if you were to wake up and they tell you whatever you pick whether you want to be a musician you want to be chris brown you wake up already qualified you have no limitations what would that be i think i would want to be president of uganda oh <laughs> are you serious yes yes because i there's so many things that I see that are messed up and I'm thinking to myself, it doesn't take um, rocket science to solve some of these things. It just needs the right attitude and you know a little bit of honesty and integrity. Wow. So for me, that would be it. If God were to grant me a wish, I'll do that. I'll say that. Yeah. Ah, 
I used to call you Superman, but now I'm going to call you Mr. President. <laughs> I kid you not. That's, but that's incredible. That's a that's visionary. Mm-hmm. I, I really do like that. That's mm-hmm. oh, president. What would you do on your first day as president? What would I do on my Something first? that's lighthearted. It doesn't have to be out end all crying. Like one little thing that you'd fix. Hmm. I think I would. Um, what would I do as president? A little thing. Hmm. picture of all my friends who um who would um who wouldn't have like who just be i just took a picture with my friends like my really close friends yeah have you seen those uh remixes where they're like little actresses who are like when i grow up i want to act in a tv series yeah. i feel like in 10 15 years from now they'll be playing this podcast it's like i would like to be president of Uganda. <laughs> the next thing you know elections and it's anyway <laughs> Me and Life Hope. Okay, that last question, which is super, so small. If you're a flavor of ice cream, what would you be? Tiramisu. Ooh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. It's really nice. Yeah. Okay, well, I hope that um, from this first part of the segment that everyone kind of has a feel of how incredible uh, Solomon is. And I think I'll hand over to Nikki in the next couple of minutes to just go on with more of the questions. But yeah, it was really nice to get to know you. Fire question four three. <laughs> nice. Thank you. Cool. So this is the part where if we if we had like um advertise like sponsors, somebody <laughs> <laughs> would be advertising and be like, well, could you get be a bit more audible if you can try? I don't know how it is. Even me, I don't know if I'm being as audible. Yeah. As That's why you've come from this angle so that we can get all sides as well. Now yeah. Don't worry if it's even if it's recording as we are because I can I can edit and cut cut the I press record now, isn't it? Yeah, you can press record now. Yeah, so thanks Julie for that incredible segment. I think everyone is um you've really broken the ice, so We'll just get into it and uh, talk about the book. But first of all, uh, just an intro. I know now we know um, we know you a little bit more from that past segment, but just want to um, hear it from you. Like, mm. who is if someone was to ask, like, who is um, Solomon? What would you tell them? Ah, Solomon is. Uh, I think he's a person i'm easy to wonder i'm not i wouldn't say i'm complicated okay i wake up uh, probably go to the gym uh, i like video games i love to write and read and I, um, most importantly i love god mm. i believe in jesus christ and yeah i wouldn't say that um is anything super or anything but yeah that's basically who i am i'm also a lawyer Okay. Okay, that's really good. So, um you're here because you did something. You wrote a book. Yes, yes, I yeah, did. Yeah, you wrote a book. Um so I just want to understand, did you always know that you were a writer? Is it something that you just came to eventually, like later in life? Or um so how did you know that I can write, like writing is something that I do? Well, to be honest, for the most part well, for the earlier part, I think writing to my 
teenage years because I came into this when I was 22. Mm. For the uh, the first before I was 22, I was um, I never thought I'd ever be like a writer or anything. In fact, I used to look at those things as well. One of those things I could never be. So it uh, in t- 2018, I was doing internship at a certain law firm in as part of my undergraduate studies in uh, Kampala. So at that law firm, we used to we were given tasks and things like that. So there'll be times when you finished all your tasks and everything. Yeah. So this one afternoon, I was really bored and I, I didn't have much to do. I finished all my tasks. My bosses had stepped out. And so it was like really hot and lazy and I couldn't really watch. Like I couldn't open my laptop and start watching series in case someone found me. Yeah. So... There was, there was a topic that I'd been reading about that week and it was to do with social media and its effects on like the human mind and people's esteem and productivity, blah, blah, blah. The negative effects of social media on people. And so I thought to myself, well, I've been reading about all of this. Why don't I put this, what I've read into writing? Yeah. And so when I started writing, on, when I started typing on my laptop, I realized that I was actually enjoying this and... From some somehow my brain was bringing words together and I could express myself properly, and so after about an hour and a half, I'd written, a, I'd typed about four pages of work, mm. and I thought to myself, well, I didn't know I could do this, and so I gave it to a few friends of mine and they liked it and I realized they were okay, but I thought it was just a first time thing, so I said, I'll try to write about something else. I think the next thing that I wrote about was um, it's 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 to do with how like the African mindset has been affected by um, you know for example now I don't remember what exactly it was but I was mm-hmm. in the second article I was writing about how for example in primary school African girls were not allowed to keep their natural hair mm. but the asian girls were allowed to keep their hair Ooh, and then there yeah. were things like um there's so many things that i saw that were not right how you go to a restaurant and then white people are being treated better than black people in uganda mm. so it was something along that line so i wrote that second thing and i really liked it and several other people really liked it so i guess that's when it occurred to me that i could write yeah that's how i came to it mm. yes so if someone was to say, uh, okay, so I, I kind of see that your writing has a lot of purpose to it. Yes. You write about real issues and things that have that you've seen that maybe there's a, there's a disconnect in society, stuff that, you know, just uh, the relevant issues in society. So that you, if someone was to ask you, like, describe the kind of writer you are, um, what will you tell them? Because do you write poetry? Do you write... <laughs> like scary stories so for you it's mostly like um i would say stories of purpose yes. if i could call it that yes i i wouldn't say i write i can write stories because mm. i don't know it's just not something maybe i'll do it one day but i've I've not been able to write a story or anything mm. for me it's usually something that i've seen that is important that i feel is relevant to people and it usually just comes like something like a spark and then I start typing mm. and then so for me it's I guess topical issues, things that are relevant to people, things that are important to people. 
I'm not saying that people who write things that are not like topical or what are yeah. writing nonsense, but for me, it's mainly those like really, really serious issues. Okay. Yes. Okay, that's that's amazing to hear. Um. So now to the book. Yes. Um. I really want to know what prompted you to write this book, because you you said that usually um, with you it's a spark, mm. you know something that you see an issue that you come across. I mean, so what what prompted you in this case to write this book? Well, um, what prompted me to write this book was there were two things. One, um, for years, my father had been talking about writing a book about his life. And mm. I think in his earlier years, he had sort of typed a transcript and then he had given it to a certain gentleman. I don't know who that is. And it's never really... Beyond that, it's never really developed. And then years kept moving by and nothing. It never really, he got busy and he'd mention it, but it would never really, he'd never really get the time to do it. So when he discovered that I could write, that was 2018, the year he passed on, he said, oh, we're going to sit down, you know, holidays, and we're going to put down something, and we're actually going to write this book. So that was the first reason, the, the desire to, like fulfill his mission then the second one was because um, when he was a politician my you see my dad was um, very misunderstood i would say mm. and you know when you've grown up with someone and when you know someone intimately yeah. when you really know someone and then people are saying all these other things and you know it will be people mostly people who don't even know him yeah. or people who are like they want to just like they just it's inspired by ill will and things like that. It's it, that's what pushed me. I wanted to present an an image of him that I felt was genuine, yeah. as opposed to what was out there. And so I did that because yes, I wanted to show people who he really was. But also, I didn't want God willing if I have children and those children have children, I don't want them to come into a world and know that oh well their father was this man. And this is why, and he was this kind of person, and people used to say all these things about him. I want them to have this book and know, okay, this was who he was. I don't want them to find, come into a world and it's what they find is the negative things, the untrue things that people said about him. Yes. Mm. So that those are the two reasons why I wrote this book. Oh, yes. That's amazing, and I think that's why that even like touches up upon why writing your truth writing a story is very important yes because it it just paints it, it stories like paint different images in people's heads so if there's a narrative going around about somebody about something mm. then you can you can easily paint over that and create um a different image or a different narrative about it yes you know um that's why they keep encouraging Africans to write stories, mm. to write about their hometowns, to write about where they came from, because there's a lot of uh, narrative about us out there. Yes. So it's up to us to to bring out the real story, to um, you know, to talk about our lives and what mm. it's like, and what we like and what we appreciate, and our values and traditions and all those things. So yes. it's a very brave thing. So it is. I guess that inspired the title. That's yes. uh, his side of the story. Yes. Yes. Ah, okay. So is it Peter Nyombi, his side of the story, or just his it's, side? It's Peter Nyombi, his, his side, side of, of the, story. the story. Yes. Ah, okay. What would you say was the best thing about writing the book? 
Well, I think the best thing about writing a book was discovering things about my dad that I didn't know. For example, things from his childhood mm. or things that my grandma would tell me, like, for example, how he was um, really sick in his childhood and it was feared that he was going to die. And then suddenly he got better. Um, so for me, it was like discovering more about this man who was my father because there was a limit to the things that I knew about him. Mm. But then I, the more I interviewed people, I realized, oh, well, there's much more to this man. So for me, that was the really enjoyable part about it. Okay, that's really good. And um, so what, was, what would you say now was the hard part about writing? Well, the hard part was, you see, when you've lost someone, mm. um, because we had said we we're going to sit down and write this book that was 2018 yeah. and then like two three months later he passes on so the hard part was actually the very the first hard thing was actually starting because i thought about starting in 2019 but it was so hard it was so hard yeah. because i was still grieving yeah. and then 2020 i started my back course plus i was of course still grieving i was still very sad about it so that 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 was starting was really difficult and then when i actually started it became you see because i was writing someone that, uh, about someone that i deeply deeply cared about so you start writing about things and then there are things that trigger you and then you start mm -hmm. feeling sad and then you start crying and then you feel like you can't go on and then eventually you come down and then you continue and then something else you write about something else that triggers you so for me it was those waves of grief that would come in the process of writing because i was writing about someone that i deeply cared about someone that i missed and someone who was no longer with me so that was the hard part i guess another hard part was um reaching out there are, there are people who i tried to reach out to for information and many of them were very far away and so i remember one of them was he lives in uh, Zambia. So plenty of times we tried to link up, you know, over the phone and talk, but then every time he was sick or he wouldn't pick up his phone and yeah. then again you'd contact him and say, I'm sick, I'm not doing well. So that was difficult, yeah. Okay, mm. but would you say that um, maybe, did, do you think writing the book, even with the grief going on, do you think it helped you as well with that process because yes it was triggering you but i guess you were putting things down as well you're not just uh maybe closed off to the world you were producing you were creating in that time do you think it helped you in that time yes i think it did because one of the things when i when i just lost him mm. one of the things that i used to do to deal with my grief was uh, this is the these I never published them anywhere, but I started writing about the different, should I call them the different colors of grief. I started mm. talking about, for example, sadness, and then I'll talk about anger, and then I'll talk about um, hatred, and then I'll talk about um, melancholy, D different, the different feelings in that time of grief. So when I wrote about those different, I, I would, I would write about them like there were people. For example, today oh. morning, 
this person knocked at my door and it was melancholy mm. I, I let melancholy into the room and melancholy told me this and so we had these conversations so that was one of the things that i did when i just lost him i would write about the different things that i was feeling like there were people so that helped me deal with it so in the same way when i was writing this book and putting my thoughts and everything into it it i agree with you it helped me to deal with that grief it helped me mm. to to sort of come to peace with it and i thought that i was in a way honoring him so mm. yes it definitely did help me wow so this is actually a very personal book mm. it's mm. not just something that uh, i mean you had a dream about something and then you're writing it's very personal it's very connected to um, a season in your life yes yes wow so i mean you talked about um the moments you'd be writing and you you know you'd be triggered and remember so what was the thing that gave you the strength to to go on and actually finish because i mean for writers we we, we talk about writer's block mm. i mean i'm writing and suddenly <laughs> the beautiful idea just stops working and, and i stop midway but for you um what, what gave you the strength then to just keep writing the book i think First of all, most importantly, it was God because yeah. every time before I would start writing, I would pray. So wow. God, God definitely gave me the strength to push through. But another thing was when I would feel weighed down and unable to write, I would stop and give myself some time. And if I needed to cry, I would cry. And then I would mm. start maybe the next day or a few hours later after giving myself some time. But also, it was the realization that I had to finish this for him. I had to do this. I had to finish his dream. And I had to put who he truly was out there for people to read about and really know him. So those things helped me to finish. Because even when it got hard, I had it at the back of my mind that you need to do this for daddy. You need to honor him. Mm. But also you need to let people know who he truly was so and i remember another thing that got me through was um knowing the, the nature of who he was because there were so many times in life say for example when he was sick or he was battling some other issue mm. and for him it wasn't an option to stop yes maybe he would take a break but then he would stop he said that don't let don't stop at least you crawl you might be running and then something happens but if you can't run walk and if you can't walk crawl just keep moving so for me it was those things in my mind that kept me moving ah okay um i like that you you you, you touched on the you know the writing process um so i just want to know like generally what's your writing process like we've talked about you get this spark you get this idea you see something that you know is relevant and deserves to be on paper what's uh but even for this book what's your writing process like is it like somewhere you you you, you know you you check out and um you leave home and maybe go to some abandoned abandoned area because <laughs> usually for writers that's like the dream mm. you're alone in some deserted house and it's just you and like a typewriter or a laptop or something like that and you're just writing or do you need like music mm. if so which songs help you um so i just want to go into that process just for the book or generally you can speak generally and then also for this book well generally i would say 
um, generally I would say, I, first of all, it's hard for me to, you know, technology has given us all these advantages. So someone can write on a phone, someone can write on a laptop, and if someone really wants to, they can write with a pen. I've never done written with a pen, but, and I can't, for some reason, I can't do it on a phone. It just mm. does not work for me. So what happens is usually I get an idea in my head about something I, this about something that I want to write about, like a spark one issue. And so I start jotting down the main points of what I would want to be under what I'm going to discuss. Mm. And then I start fleshing it out. I start adding more meat to all the main points and then I'll go over it and go over it and go over it and go over it. And then I'll leave it for a day or two. Because sometimes when you publish something too quickly, after a while, you hear something or you read something that was also very relevant to what you've written. But you've already, mm. you've already published what you, you are going to publish. So I usually give it a day or two. And if nothing comes, then I publish. Then I'd say for this book, what happened was... I knew I wanted to talk about his life. So I asked myself, what are the things that I want to discuss in this book? So I thought about his childhood, his time in secondary school, his life in public service, his politics, the controversies, his sicknesses, things like that. So I grouped the main things of his life, the main issues that I wanted to discuss. I first had his title. Then I talked about them. I, I, I noted down the main things that I wanted to discuss in his in the book, and then after that, I started attacking, chapter like um, topic by topic. I'll go sit with a person. I identified every person who I felt was relevant to a particular chapter, mm. and so I would set up meetings with these people sit down with them, I would have my phone ready to record and then I would ask them a bunch of questions and sometimes they would even go beyond the questions and give you more information and I really liked that. So after that, I would go, go back, put my headphones on and then start listening as this person talks and I would write down the things that they would tell me. Then I would reorganize them like put them in a, like write about these things in a more organized, because you're listening to what someone is saying and then just putting it down. Then you have to reorganize that in like an orderly way, in like a story form. So after doing that, I would attack each chapter like that, interview the person like that, and then when I would feel a chapter is finished, I would move on to the next, like that, like that, like that. Then I would do, I would do it piecemeal each day, I'll do something each day I'll do something each day I'll type something and I would say that um, it would be in those moments because I did it I this was a process that um, started in January 2021 so at that time I was working I just finished the buckle so I was working so towards the end of the day towards the end of each day say 430 because work would end at around I would have some free time and then I would just sit down and type, type, type. And then on the weekends, say before the football begins, I'll type, type, type. Or even after the football begins. But there are also times in the night when I couldn't sleep. Or times when an idea would come to my mind. I would immediately get my laptop and type. 
So also I can't really type when music is on. Mm. <laughs> I don't know why I just can't type. It just disorganizes my whole thought process. So yeah. I just I, I guess I need to be in a quiet place. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. From what I'm hearing, it mm. took a lot of discipline. And I think that's the thing that maybe most people struggle with, not mm. even just for writing with um, doing what they know that they need that needs to get done. Mm. Yeah, because you had you had um weekends when you'd probably be doing even resting or just doing nothing. Just like you know how weekends can be, just sleeping in or just being on your phone. Yes. But you took time off to write because I think at that point like there was a clear vision, there's what you wanted to achieve and what you you, you knew that this book was going to do. Yes. So I think um I mean it's also teaching me in this moment that like when you are when you are writing something, the vision for it and the um the goal for the, the, the book or the piece that you want to write needs to be so clear that mm. it pushes you that even on the days you know that yeah, I, I'd rather I'd rather be doing something um you know for leisure or whatever I need to set a, aside a few uh, hours or minutes and still be able to write. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Which is which is um which is really inspiring to hear. Mm. So how long do you, can you say that this entire thing took? How long did it take? Well, um, January twenty twenty one. It was mm. actually a friend. Yeah. Who told me Solomon? This is something that I feel you have pushed off for too long. You've not mm. done because 2019 came, I think, 2022 came, I think, three. So, January 2021, I started. And then throughout the year until about December 2021. So, end of, I mean, beginning of Jan December 2021, say first second, that was when I was sure that I'd finished the first draft. So when I finished the first draft, I contacted a friend of mine. He's called Patrick, mm. and he told me I'd be I'd be his. He told me that he'd be keen on proofreading and sharing ideas with me. So he I shared with him my draft because he's also a guy I trust. Yeah, I shared my draft with him. He gave me his ideas. I also shared my draft with two of my uncles who are also good writers, and they shared their ideas with me. But uh, after that, I felt that I also, because I, I needed now like a professional, like, you know, there are people mm, whose job it is to edit books. Right. So I reached out to, the, the, I don't know if you know of, of a gentleman called, uh, he's a former, I think former AIGP, Asan mm. Kasinje. I think I've heard of him. Yes, he's, um, he's quite vocal on Twitter. So I reached out to him via his DMs. And he gave me the phone number of his editor and his publisher. So then I reached out to his editor. I asked him how much would it cost and things like that. And he told me, oh, it would cost this amount. So the editor and I came to an agreement. And then he went through the, he started editing a book. And I think within a week he was done. Mm. So after that, now before, before we get to the editor even. Mm. The, the the corrections and the things that my friend Patrick and my uncles did that took some months because well my uncles were busy but also Patrick was taking his time to really go through the book and to really really do something good in terms of sharing his ideas and making corrections and fact checking and things like that 
so that took some time maybe january maybe from around because he told i gave him the first draft in december 21 then he started in about january 22 so january 22 to about you know i think about april that is when he reached out to me and he told me this is what i've done these are my thoughts please work on them then i worked on them then i sent them back to him and then he gave me feedback and then he said i think this is all i can do up to now then that is when i reached then the editor came into the picture and then he started going through it he also took his time he also took his time and i think by september is when the editor told me that he was satisfied with what we had done and then in september he told me now we need to look at things like what the cover will look like um what the title of the book will be then the small small things like acknowledgements the font type the colors things like that so that took about a month because sometimes things can move slowly yeah and then in about october we were done with that entire process then he mm. told me now we are ready to print and that was really exciting i couldn't believe that okay this thing yeah. was finally coming into reality so he told me the amount fortunately we were able to raise the money and then he printed within a week this was october maybe early october he printed within about a week and then when i remember at the time i wasn't in the country but my sister received the books and when she sent me a video and i was like wow this is actually happening mm. i couldn't believe it so yes i would say we were done in october early, early to mid october is when the books were ready and everything was ready so yeah it, it was quite a long process yeah it was quite a but thank you actually for taking us through that production process mm. because for many uh, writers or people who would want to get a book out there mm. they need to know what it's like the picture the going through the editors mm. i mean if you don't know you'd probably think well i write my work um i do my editing i send maybe to one person they look maybe a cousin and then the book is out i print mm. but there's actually a process to it if you actually if you want to produce a very good book mm. yeah there's a, there are some steps you have to follow um when when uh, you were explaining your process You'd even talked about research at the points when you had to call people to get their side. So it's it's not something that you can uh, do in just one, two days. I've yes. written my book. Yes, yes. Actually, I would say that maybe your book started in 2018. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's maybe been, what, four years yeah. of, of this entire process of having the, the work done up to this point. Yes, yes. Yeah, so we're just wrapping up. I, I want to know... Um, what for you what what do you hope that this book will achieve when someone gets your book to read when um you know someone flips the pages and gets to the end what do you hope that they would achieve by reading this well first of all because of because i because of who my dad was mm. he wanted his life to point to you know his belief in god yeah. so i think i so i hope that first of all when people read this book, like God's name will be glorified and they'll see that, okay, his life pointed to Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Then the second thing is um, also very important. I want people to just understand who my father was. Mm -hmm. And first put aside everything that was being said in the newspapers and on social media and by so many academics and people who thought they knew him or who claimed to know him. 
I want people to know who he really was and to understand that um, my father was, uh, you see, we have this view of politicians in Uganda, and rightly so, because politicians are among the problems in our country. I'm sorry to say, many mm. of them are. And so, but it's also a dangerous thing for us to generalize and lump everyone into yeah. a certain category. You can't yeah. just generalize and say everyone, because he's a politician, he must be this. So I want to show people that my father was actually a politician, but one, he was God-fearing, and he was honest, and he genuinely loved his country, and he did the best he could for his country, and he was actually out for the best interests of his country. So I want people to know who he was as a man, but also to show people that as a politician, he was doing his best for his country. Yes, so that, that is what I want people to see when they read this book. Wow. And also mm. to, to understand that um, it's important to listen to both sides of the story. You can't just hear one side of the story and conclude that this is it, that this is who this person is, this is who this person says, this is that what is being said about this person is the gospel truth. Sometimes there's another side to the story. Sometimes it's not true. That's, 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 those are the main reasons. Those are the things that I want people to see when they read this book. Great. That's amazing. Julian, you had a question. Uh, yeah, so it's just being such an honor being in the background and listening to the process, to everything that inspired you. Thank you. Um, I have one question because what was, what was your biggest fear upon releasing this book, writing this book? But I would say upon releasing this book, what was the thing that you were scared of the most? Maybe that could help any writer out there. Also understanding that to represent the 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 heavy I wouldn't say burdens but the heaviness of representing your dad's legacy mm. what was your biggest fear I think I think we've touched upon it the first is one you're writing about someone you're not writing about yourself yes. so you want to get things right as mm. much as possible so that is the first fear like what if I get things wrong what if something is just not quite right or and also because he was a politician, what if there's backlash from people? Mm. And that is that that is scary. That I think is the only fear that I really had. Yeah, that 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 fear of backlash, that fear of getting things wrong. Mm. So what if people come and attack me and say, well, this and this and this and that in the book is not true. You're a liar. Things like that. So for me, that 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 was the fear that I. But then I knew that, one, I knew I was writing a book and I knew that I was telling the truth and that I knew yeah. that I'm writing the truth. Yeah. So that helped me to overcome that fear. We just honestly want to commend you because we understand that it must have taken so much courage. Mm. It's mm. like there's mm. one thing to write the book, but with all of this and who your dad was and, and the incredible legacy that he has left behind, mm. the courage, the confidence, and the continuous courage, because I feel like as more people read this book, it, you may not always get positive comments. You may mm. get some people here who don't agree with you, mm. but we commend you and we can only pray and hope to God that you have the continuous courage to represent and to stand in your truth. Yes, thank you, thank you. Yes, yeah, so do, are we getting another book um, <laughs> in the future? Is there a book from you? 
Well, I would definitely like to write another book. Wow. But at this point, I feel like I don't know what that would be about yeah. or what it would be on, but I hope that I would write another book because I don't want to just write another book just for just. Yeah. I want to write something again that is important, that is that has value that people can read and relate to and something that can God really leave a mark on people's lives. So right now I'm not I, I don't have any new ideas yet, but well the year is long and yeah with enough time to think and pray about it. Yeah. Okay. I like I like what Nicole said in the beginning, um when she said that you are destined to write stories of purpose. And I think that's so beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. I think that that's going to be your target and all that. But don't worry, even if you choose in a couple of years to write a children's book, which are still <laughs> which are still by, which are still stories of purpose in their own way. But yeah. if you choose to go into fiction, comics, whatever it is, mm-hmm. yes, I, I love that. We'll just be with that stories of purpose. Yeah. Nice. So um, I don't know if it's too much to ask if there's a part in the book, a paragraph, a sentence, or something that you're able to just read out um, like a snippet um, or some part of the book, maybe your favorite part, or I don't know, that you can just read out for? Yes, um, I think for me, that is the, the second last page of the book. Okay. Because um, this was a part when he had just passed on. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking about um, how his death was heartbreaking. And so I wrote that Peter's death was heart-wrenching for us but it was a homecoming for him in heaven. Indeed, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a famous German theologian, and one of those who tried unsuccessfully to assassinate Adolf Hitler said, whether we are young or old makes no difference. What are 20 or 30 or 50 years in the sight of God? And which of us knows how near he or she may already be to the goal? That life only really begins when it ends here on earth. That all that is here is only the prologue before the curtain goes up. That is for young and old alike to think about. Why are we so afraid when we think about death? Death is only dreadful for those who live in dread and fear of it. Death is not wild and terrible. If only we can be still and hold fast to God's word. Death is not bitter if we have not become bitter ourselves. Death is grace, the greatest gift of grace that God gives to people who believe in him. Death is mild, death is sweet and gentle. It beckons to us with heavenly power. If only we realize that it is the gateway to our homeland, that a banner of joy, the everlasting kingdom of peace. How do we know that dying is so dreadful? Who knows whether in our human fear and anguish, we are only shivering and shuddering at the most glorious, heavenly, and the blessed, and blessed event in the world. So for me, that is the part that I would say I love the most in a book because it's, it, it's, it reminded me that in, that in even if he's not here with us anymore, because of his faith in Jesus Christ, he's like he's living in eternity and he's he's okay where he is and he's happy. And that when I die too, I'm going to be reunited with him. So yeah, that for me would be the best part about this book for me. Wow. Yes. I did not come with this podcast to cry. But <laughs> that was so beautiful. I've never had that. It just really demystifies this idea of death. And like, oh my goodness, my, my life has ended. Mm. But it just creates that this this uh wild idea that there's a there's a world, there's a 
it's a homecoming you're you're entering into eternity and it's beautiful and it's calm and it's peaceful yes and wow i have been blessed i am honored to have had you on this podcast honored mine too yeah it's it's just um i mean literally i remember when um i think it was it was bonnie a friend of ours who asked you to be on you didn't even think twice you just you know you jumped on it and that just (laughs) For <laughs> that just uh, meant a lot, you know that that you that you'd be a part of this, and well, thank you for writing the book and uh, inspiring us, guys. Have you got your copy yet? Where can people get the book? How can people access it? Well, um, for now, because I'm still around, mm. I'm doing the distribution myself because okay. I enjoy meeting people. Nice. So usually people reach out to me, and then I go and meet them and deliver a copy to each of them. So usually people can reach me on zero seven eight six quadruple four six two. That's my NTN number and also my WhatsApp and also my WhatsApp. Um, yeah, that's how people can reach me and get the book, and I will be happy to deliver it to them and smile with them and yeah, sign their book for them. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So guys, I'm getting myself a copy today. I hope you got that number, but I will be putting all his details. Um, just so that you can reach out as well and get yourself a copy and, and read the book and reach out uh, right back to us as House of Wordsmiths. What did you think? Do you have any questions for Solomon? Um, yeah, so let's, let's just get the conversation going on this. But it's been amazing. It's been an honor, like we've said. And uh, we hope that as you continue writing and uh, as we wait for the next book, <laughs> we'll get to see you and speak to you again. On the sh- on the show, but thank you once again. Thank you to Nicole and Julie. Yeah, so see you guys. Okay. Thank you, Nicole. <laughs> I mean, thank you, Julie. <laughs> Nicole, you got so familiar. <laughs> wow, I just I did not expect that. That last segment mm. what literally brought us almost. Me almost tears like <laughs> okay. I I want to come do a selfie with you. Let me get my phone, put on some lip gloss, okay. and then I'm going to take a photo of the book, post on my social media, and also the numbers to which you want to get it. Okay. Yeah. This is our copy. Eh? Bye bye. Okay. Is this our copy? Oh no, you have a. Okay. Hey, hey, Paul doesn't have his copy. He should do his next <laughs> I know. Okay. Um, can I use MM? Yes, yes, you can. You want me to sign it? Yeah. It's for you and it's for you and and, and Julie. Yeah. Podcasting is not easy. It's not easy. I don't know where you get all those questions. I also don't know. I think I'll be like, eh, what am I going to get questions? You have to really like, you know be an opera in the moment mm. i even don't know but I, like you have to i think you also have to really pay attention to because mm. me i think my mind would wander would wander like, <laughs> no you have to but your stories are very interesting you have to love what you're doing mm. so if like for me i i, I like to he- listen to authors i like to hear their processes i enjoy this mm. so i had to hear every word and it prompts other questions even which i didn't write down mm. yeah but you like like you said it's 
easy. It's not easy. Um, let me just see. Wait. Oh, I can use your MTN number. Yeah. You know, let's do it. Yours. Oh, triple four four six two. Yeah. Uh, Solomon Otha. <laughs> yeah. I just leave it open a bit so that the ink drains. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't want you to see. What, but you seem very confident when you're doing mm. interviews and you're answering the questions. <laughs> like, wow. I think it's breaking the ice off. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Uh, okay, so how much is the book? Um, sixty-nine thousand. Let's take selfies. Okay. Uh, Cheyunes Solomon, yeah. Are you going to sign with a special note from me? Yes, I have. I have already signed. But what is tailored to me? Yeah. Your name. <laughs> The lighting best here, there, from here, yeah, And oh, I pause. Okay. Hold the book. Oh. Hello. But the lighting. Julie, <laughs> Good we should do no, the that side because the lighting is better. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think that area is like the carpet.
I believed I truly belonged. 